May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be ever pleasing in your sight. God, you are our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. An Episcopal priest in Michigan, Chris Yaw, wrote a little book a few years ago entitled, Jesus Was an Episcopalian, (laughs) subtitled, And You Can Be One Too. (laughs) Mr. Yaw makes a good case for at least entertaining the idea that Jesus was really a closet Episcopalian all along. With that said, one book that I do not see being written anytime soon by Father Yaw or anyone for that matter is one recommending that John the Baptist was an Episcopalian. For the things we know about John the Baptizer, something tells me he wouldn't be our poster child. For starters, um, his fashion sense (laughs) and his dining habits, what to say about these. Really, as I was thinking about it, John the Baptist's temperament is like that of a Steelers fan, loud and hard to argue with. (laughs) Of all the things that befuddle us about John, one thing remains clear, his proclamation. The Gospel writer scripts a very straightforward message for John in this morning's text and in all of chapter 1 of St. John's Gospel. He makes two emphatic statements. One we didn't read this morning, but he says, I am not the Christ. I am not the Christ. And then this morning, very central statement, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So first, why is John so adamant to refuse the messianic title? John lived in a world that was all but obsessed with the messianic. It was a world that craved for someone of power and charisma to wave their magic wand and usher in a golden age, someone to inaugurate a political revolution of sorts. Take a religious group like the Essenes. This sect of Judaism had removed themselves from the pagan culture and relocated to the desert where they could devote special attention to purifying themselves so that they could have front row tickets for the Messiah's entrance. Or the Romans themselves, they began looking to the emperor to fulfill the messianic role. The emperor was someone who upheld justice and quelled enemy forces and appealed to the people's hopes to take away the sins of the world, what we hear the Lamb of God doing. Suffice it to say, in John's day, virtually everyone was enamored with the idea of the messianic. And curiously enough, we are left to wonder if it's any different in our own day. I am not the Messiah, he teaches us to say. How much different would our world look? If our political leaders had to say this before speaking in a city council meeting or Congress or in an inauguration address. Better yet, how different would our lives look if we had to say this at the start of each day? I am not the Christ. I am not the one who can single-handedly change anyone else. I refuse to believe that I am the world's answer. 
It sounds simple, but it's so teasing in practice. The great 20th century essayist and journalist G.K. Chesterton, one of my favorite writers, was a man known for his wit and flashes of brilliance with a pen. And he was a great and devoted Christian as well. Most important of all was Chesterton's irrepressible joy in life. Though he was nearly 350 pounds, his soul was as light as a feather. The secret of Chesterton's joy is illustrated in the shortest essay he ever wrote. He was approached by a journal to respond to the great political question, what is wrong with the world? Intellectuals and politicians of every stripe weighed in on the issue. I am curious if you were answering this question today, what would you say? Chesterton replied to his prompt with a very short essay. He typed out the question, what is wrong with the world? His reply read, dear sirs, I am. Chesterton knew that he wasn't the Messiah. He knew that he needed a savior and this freed this man up for a life of fullness and joy. Praise God, I don't have to be perfect. I just get to be human. And what a gift that is, just to be. I am not the Christ, says John the Baptist. And then he says, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John denies that he is the Christ and points to the one who is. All of us are probably familiar enough with the first chapter of St. John's Gospel, where, wherein we are told of Jesus's staggering messianic resume. He is the one who knows the source of reality like a child knows his father. He is the one who has spent eternity basking in the radiant love of the triune life. In short, Jesus, this man Jesus, is of an altogether different order than all other messiahs. His charisma is of a different sort. His campaign isn't built around glitzy power and celebrity attention. No ego flattery with him. He's a lamb. And lambs, after all, don't have egos. Behold the Lamb of God. Of course, this is not a symbol associated with grandiose power, quite the contrary. This is an animal that is, might we say, dumb by the jungle's standards. Simple, innocuous, and totally unthreatening. And yet our text tells us that it is this man that the Spirit of God alights upon. The sins of the world can only be dealt with in this way. God doesn't come among us in power like we would expect. God is gentle, defenseless, like a lamb. And God is still this way. As defenseless as a loaf of bread, he comes to meet us. John has denied his own right to the messianic and he has challenged us to realize our own tendencies to believe that we are our own Christs. And he has asked us to relax that movement. 
and he's taught us that in the act of this renunciation, we are wise to point the world to Jesus, who is the true Messiah. One final thing can be said about John the Baptist that's worthy of our attention. From this point on in John's gospel, he all but fades from view. Once you've finished reading the narrative, you hardly remember that John was there at all. It's like the gospel writer wants us to see that John's life had been fulfilled in this small supporting role, in this role of pointing, pointing away from himself to another. But for what his life lacked in applause, it gained in glory. John is rather like the child, standing before, say, something grand, say the Grand Canyon, who is all but swept away by the expansive beauty of it. All the child knows to do is laugh, maybe even weep, and holler for his parents. Mom, Dad, get over here. You've got to see this. Look. Behold the Lamb of God. Amen.